Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hello, everyone. Back, J.J. Cooper and Matt Eddy back for another Baseball America podcast. We are wrapping up the division drafts. We've uh, been picking the top prospects who are not number one prospects in every division. So as we kind of put it, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We are putting our reputations on the line for here's the guy that I want on my team. So it's kind of a fun exercise that way. We appreciate the uh, listeners who did uh, did request that we bring this feature back, and so we have. And for, for an overview of what we did in 2014, check out our first the episode. The NL National West. West. National yeah. League West. Go back and listen to that, and you will get. We break down what happened three years ago. And we also explain a little bit even further detail on the rules, but... Before we do that today, we do want to remind you that we thank you for listening, and we want to remind you that our podcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit their retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, and Scottsdale, Arizona. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off your order and to help support the Baseball America podcast. We appreciate you doing that. And... Uh, Matt, we are wrapping up here with the AL East. Another, uh, a very interesting division, but I, I don't think, I think our two most loaded divisions, I think we would agree, are the NL Central, the NL East. We actually kept drafting after our seven players that were taking each yeah. on that because we wanted to kind of keep going. It was that deep? Yeah, the AL East is pretty good. You know, we won't be taking Chancisco, Andrew Benintendi of the Red Sox, Glaber Torres of the Yankees. Willie Adamas of the Rays or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays because they are number one prospects. Number one prospects not available. You know that we probably take most of those guys first, so we just lop them off the board. And we do also remind you that we are picking for talent. We are not picking for position fit. Um, I think that we may, one of our teams, even after picking at this point, we've picked each uh, 35 players. And it's possible that one of us has a whole other position that we don't even have a guy at that position yet. That's okay. We'll have we'll to make trades with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that would that would work again. <laughs> pure talent we're talking about here. It's an American League uh, division, so I believe that means that I have the first pick. Yep. And this one is a division I would say that doesn't have the obvious number one. There are a number of top hundred prospects here, but there isn't that guy who clearly stands heads and shoulders above everyone else by any stretch. Hmm. I am going to go, though, with, uh, I do believe this guy is highest on our top 100 of everyone in this. I'm going to go Raphael Devers, uh, Red Sox third baseman. Devers, the, if you're looking for a knock on Devers, it would be that he has yet to have a great full season. Uh, if you piece together his best half seasons the last two years, you are talking about outstanding production. If you piece together the worst half seasons of the last two years, stitch those together, you were talking about very little production. He's had a great half season in 2015. He had a great half season in 2016. We're kind of counting on the very young third baseman who uh, is solid defensively as well will have a great full season in 2017. Youngest player in Red Sox camp since Xander Bogarts. It's a good sign. Yeah. Now, my first pick, I like him almost as much for the trivia associated with him as for his talent. And that's Jose De Leon, the Rays right-hander who they acquired for Logan Forsyth just mm-hmm. about a month ago. De Leon last year in AAA struck out 33% of batters, which is not a record for a AAA starter, but it's, it's, it's darn close. Also, 
De Leon did not allow a stolen base attempt last year in the minors or majors. Fun fact. So, and you throw in his pitch quality, which is average to outstanding. I think there's a lot of elements, a lot of paths for him to be successful. I almost feel like that he ended up being the prospect that because he was being rumored in very high-profile trades in the offseason, that there, you know, you got a lot of scouts talking about, understandably, like, here are the knocks on De Leon. But I do think that almost in that, like, the shine on De Leon as a prospect kind of got tarnished a little bit in a way that was kind of artificial in that, yeah, he's not the top pitching prospect in baseball, but and he has had, I mean, you know, I, to me, like, it is legitimate to say that there are some concerns about his durability. Mm-hmm. He missed time last year at the start of the season. Velo was down. Um, his velo varied a little bit even during games later in the season. But that being said, the stuff is legit, and you cannot argue with the results over not just last year, but the last couple of years. Yeah. Even going back to his time in the uh, north, you know, in short season ball a couple of years ago. From then on, he's missed bats at a very ferocious rate. And I hope he starts at Durham so we can get some, some looks at it from behind the plate. I was going to say. Against AAA batters. Should be a very fun Durham rotation where we should have him and Chi Wei Hu and Brent Honeywell and, man, it could be fun. Jacob Faria. Yeah, exactly. It, it should be a very fun. So, solid uh, first pick there for you, I believe, Matt. Uh, that comes back to me. And I should go Clint Frazier here. I know I should. Or I should go Blake Rutherford. But I'm going to go gut. I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to take the guy who I do believe was the top prep lefty on the board last year. I'm going to go Jason Groom. It could blow up in my face That's or it could be really to. good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember seeing Jason Groom, Terminus Stars, uh, coming into his senior season. And, again, I'm not basing my pick on this in any way, but I do remember watching him and saying, That's everything that you, if you're looking at a prep pitcher who could go 1 1, this is what you'd be looking for. And that is what he can do at his best is be a truly dominant uh, lefty uh, lefty arm who is a long ways away, obviously. I'm, gonna, I'm going to select the pitcher we've already mentioned, actually. I'm going to take Brent Honeywell of the Rays, who we also probably on his way to the Durham rotation this year. We hope. You know, he's a little... You know, we debated him versus De Leon in the top 100, you know, mm-hmm. I think. And they've been up right, right together. Yeah, I think, you know, a traditional baseball man would probably favor Honeywell. He's a little more traditional. Statistically, liver body, you know, doesn't have the big breaking ball yet, but I, th- I think the potential is in there for him to develop that. And the Rays, of course, do a great job of starting pitchers. Statistically, I think De Leon gets the that's where you you know gets the edge, and so that's where you're. And Honeywell and, had elbow injury last year. Yeah, <laughs> De Leon's had some shoulders, that, you know, <laughs> some fatigue before. So yeah, so that's a so you go there, and it comes back to me, and I will now take. Which Yankees outfielder am I going to take? I'm going to take Clint Frazier. I will take proximity to the majors. Um, Clint Frazier, some of the best bat speed in the game right now. Um, he's actually kind of had a, a little bit of a hitch in his swing, almost noise in his swing. That's not a bad thing necessarily for him because he is so quick uh, with his hands. But there's, there's risk there, but there's also massive power from a, again, we talk about it. He's short. He's not small in any way. I mean, if you see Clint Frazier in person, Clint Frazier is a mammoth human being, but the mammothness is the, is, he's wide. He's not tall. That's really the only knock on that. But So I will take Clint Frazier, and I'll enjoy also having him serve as my, uh, 
my team's uh, pro scout, uh, you know, during the off season because man, he does see the game in an analytical scouting type of way. Hmm. Okay, so I'll take Rutherford. You know, one of the top high school bats last year. And the concerns here, he's 19 already. He's old, he's old for his draft class. He might not be a center fielder. But that being said, he can hit. Left-handed power in Yankee Stadium? Okay. Yeah, you'll take that. Uh, I, I think we're going to see a number of Yankees go off the board here because come back to me, and I'm going to take James Caprillion. I'll take, again, I'm going to take upside here because I do worry about the fact that James Caprillion threw about... Uh, about no innings. No, he threw a couple of starts, but he didn't throw many last year. And his stuff was the best that James Caprillion's stuff has ever been. That being said, his stuff was the best it ever been, and then he broke down, had to shut down for months. So, didn't have surgery, did return in the AFL. There are concerns, though. Can he do that? Can he maintain that over a full season? That being said, the reason I'm drafting him is, is because if he can, his stuff is as good as anyone that we're talking about here. That's yeah. better than Honeywell's. It's better than De Leon's. And so, at the spot I'm taking, I'm pretty happy about that. Okay. I am going to take Anthony Alford here of the Blue Jays. If you hadn't, I would have. 236 last year is what he hit. He was a down year. He had a knee injury and a concussion. But this guy has shown some ability to be a top-of-the-order, table-setter type of batter with a little bit of power. He can run. He draws walks. He can play center field. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that pick at all. You come back to me, and, and I'm going to take Aaron Judge because... As long as I've been established in the office, I'm the Aaron Judge believer in the office. Um, I believe in the power. I believe in the walks. I don't think he's going to hit for average. I don't think necessarily he has to hit for average. I think that he will hit the ball really, really hard. He'll make enough contact. And I do think also he's not a complete stiff in the outfit in any way. He's just massive. Um, he's bigger. I mean, again, I always come back to Richie Sexton because... Well, let's just be honest, it's hard to find six-foot-eight guys to compare a guy to. Right-handed hitters, yeah. Yeah, but I come back to Richie Sexton, and I think that if he has a Richie Sexton career, I'll be uh, very happy with that. Okay. Let's see. I'll go for... Uh, I'll take Jorge Mateo of the Yankees. He's a short He's the guy we both... I skipped over. I went 5-6 on the Yankees list, and now you're taking number four. Yeah. I think it's 80 speed. I think even if he moves to center field, he could contribute... Along the lines of Billy Hamilton, I think there's there's some floor here, even if he doesn't reach his ceiling. No, it's... He's a good... And for now, he's a middle infielder, but we'll see. So was Billy Hamilton. <laughs> At the time, he was. Um, that brings it back to me, and... How many picks have we gone? I have made five selections, so... This will be number six. I get two more. So I know who my last pick's going to be. So <laughs> I will take Jake Bowers with this pick. You took Dominic Smith. I'll take Jake Bowers, the uh, other version of Dominic Smith. They're very different and very similar at the same time. Uh, both uh, California high school hitters out of the same draft class. Dominic Smith went much higher. Um, that being said, I think Jake Bowers has matched him hit for hit pretty much every way, uh, everywhere they've gone. Um, and a really good defensive first baseman who also can be fine in the outfield as well. Uh, the questions are, how much power are you going to see? Is it going to be 15 home run power? Is it going to be 20 home run power? But he should hit for average, should get on base, and really be kind of that hit first first baseman is kind of the ideal role for him. Yeah. I like him. Okay, so here with my sixth pick, I'll go with Sean Reed Foley of the Blue Jays. Crazy strikeout numbers in the Florida State League. Uh, legit fastball slider. Absolutely legit fastball. Obviously the third pitch needs to come on and he needs to throw more strikes, but... That's, there's, a, there's a lot of upside potential here, I think. 
So that puts it back to me, and my last pick is going to be Chi Wei Hu, which I'm a big Chi Wei Hu fan. Uh, really enjoyed kind of seeing him pitch, really enjoyed talking to him at the Futures game last year. But uh, is he going to be a long-term? I, I don't know if he, he may end up fitting as a reliever for them uh, long-term because of what they need. But I do think he can start uh, really good kind of secondary stuff with enough fastball. I'd say easily enough fastball. So uh, really, there have not been the, the track record out of Taiwan post, you know, the last few years has, has been pretty sketchy, let's be honest. And Chi Wei Hu is really the guy who uh, is kind of carrying that flag right now and has a chance to show that, that there are success stories that come out of, especially in his case, guys who are signed out of Taiwan, you know, as, as basically amateurs. Uh, that has not happened a whole lot lately. And the guys who have have often ended up back in Taiwan soon thereafter. Yeah, it's in, in the context of uh, the Padres just signing Hong Chi Kuo, 35-year-old left-hander who last appeared in the majors in I don't know, 2011, let's say. And now and then he went back to Taiwan. Now he's back in the states. No, again, and the interesting thing with that is, is when we talk about, you know, I think a lot of times people like to lump Japan, Korea, Taiwan. They think of it from a very U.S.-centered standpoint as those Asian baseball countries, and that's. True, there are there are baseball countries in Asia, but Taiwan is a four-team league. The CPBL is not at I mean it's not at the same caliber as Korea or Japan in any way, and because of that, it is something where it's a little tougher path. I think a lot of times you kind of almost have to do the double leap. You do it used to be if you were Korean and you wanted to come to the states, you almost had to go Korea to Japan, right. to the States, if you're coming out professionally. What Wei Yechen did, right? And now, though, I do think now we've seen that Koreans, you know, we've seen enough Koreans come straight over. There's enough of a baseline to believe in the talent in Korea to say, no, the best guys in Korea can come straight over. A lot less track record for that with the CPBL. And again, it's a four-team league. I mean, we don't have equivalents of that non-GCL division in U.S. Pro Bowl. So, four-team leagues, a, a, a very different story. So, who is the best Taiwanese major league ever? Chen Ming Wang. I guess that's probably your your, your best uh, success story, but there's not been a whole lot of them. So, go Chi Wei Hu. <laughs> okay, seventh pick. Seventh and final selection. Let's go Chance Adams of the Yankees here. Right-hander who led the minors in opponent average last year. He was at Glasnowian levels in his full-season debut. Former, uh, now you talk about the reliever to starter that you've talked about before. Uh, former reliever at, uh, that, that moved as a college reliever that moved to starting and did it pretty well. Yeah, to be determined, but so far so good. So that's our seventh pick. That does mean that we have added a team to the, uh, the shutouts. So no chance Cisco to pick, but neither of us took Cody Sedlock. I was right debating hand. Sedlock versus Adams. It was a tough call. Thing about Adams is, is you've you've got a, a a longer track record of pro ball there, success at uh, levels that understandably Cody Sedlock hadn't had a chance to reach yet. Uh, Ryan Matcastle number three on that list, and I would, I, I'm not gonna, I, I'll be honest, he's a left, he's a shortstop right now, but he's probably gonna be a left fielder. He's gonna have to do a lot more before I would have taken him. You know, it would have been a while. Uh, Hunter Harvey is number four on that list, and it really comes back to, I, you want to see him healthy, and that's gonna be a long time away. So, 
I, I don't think, I mean, it would have been a while. I, I think, I'll put it this way. Bo Bichette's number nine on this Blue Jays list. I think he would have gone before, uh, Cody, if Sedlock may have gone before him, but I, I think anyone else in this or this list, mm-hmm. we'd have taken TJ Zoik, Roddy Tellez, Bo Bichette from the Blue Jays list. Yep. I think we'd have taken Josh Lowe, Jesus Sanchez from the Rays list, yep. who are seven and eight. We've already taken the Yankees list. We hadn't taken Justice Sheffield or Albert Abreu, Dustin Fowler, but I think we'd have taken Sheffield and Abreu before we'd have taken uh, uh, Mount Castle. Mm-hmm. Sam Travis, Bobby Dahlbeck. Probably that's about where it would stop on the uh, Red Sox list. But uh, but the uh, so as we finish this exercise, the Orioles, Marlins, and Diamondbacks. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did I miss anyone? Those are our three orgs that I believe that we did not have anyone taken from as yeah. we did these. Where essentially we took the top third of the non-number one prospects in each of these different uh, divisions. So that's bad news. Sorry, Orioles fans. Sorry, Marlins fans. And sorry, Diamondbacks fans. But you probably knew that if you scanned our uh, org talent rankings. You have probably an idea that that might be coming. But I, again, I've enjoyed this exercise. We we need to make this a, you know, we're... We'll check back next year and do this again, even if we won't check back on our results for another three years. <laughs> you know, can't tell, can't judge a draft so quickly after it's done. But, uh, but thank you again to everyone who suggested that we go back to this. Thank you for, uh, thank you, Matt. You know, anything that jumped out to you overall from this that that stands out before we wrap up? Well, you hit on the teams that got shut out. The Braves and the National League East had every every player two through ten selected. Which is also equally as, as impressive, I guess. The other organizations that we could have done that with, again, the Brewers, I really, I mean, Bickford and Diplin, Diplon were the two I probably would have waited on, but there were eight guys in that Brewers list who I'd have been very, very happy to have on my team in the caliber of guys that we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's nothing I don't, I would, if I was picking a notional team, I would be quite happy to have Ezeal Soto, number 10 on the Marlins list on my team. But when we're talking about the talent that we're talking about here, the Brewers stand out that way. Uh, I thought the Rockies' depth stood out looking back on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we knew that coming in, but it really did jump out when we were doing this this exercise. But it's a fun way to do this. So we hope you've enjoyed these division drafts. We hope you've, uh, if you're just tuning in and listening to this one, and this is the first one you listen to, good news for you. You got five more divisions you can enjoy and, and go through and and argue with who we picked. If you want to kind of do your own version of the drafts along with us. Uh, you know, hey, go to BaseballAmerica.com, updated top tens. You can follow the same rules we have, and, uh, you know, you even have a little advantage. You know who we picked. But uh, if you want to, I'm at JJCoop36. Uh, Matt is? At MattEddieBA. So you can tweet to us, show us who you would have picked instead, and, hey, we'll even check back in three years and see where you've been picking better than us or uh, worse than us or right along the same lines. So, but for Matt Eddy, I'm J.J. Cooper. We do want to remind you that our podcasts are sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit their retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, and Scottsdale, Arizona. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% off your order. We really do appreciate all of you who listen to the downloads, uh, listen to the podcast, download it, uh, subscribe to it, review it on iTunes. And if you have any comments, feel free to send them to them. Again, I'm at JJCoop36. He is at MattEddieBA. So long, everybody. We'll be back again tomorrow.
This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.